Covered Ground. Broadcasting whole, grave, grave, black, black. Talk by Matters. Alternative activists. Empowerment. Talk radio. With Janice Graham. Transforming truth to power one broadcast at a time. You know, and, and the truth of the matter is, is a big old giant elephant. Been living with us, walking around a dinner table, all everywhere we work. Big old elephant, and we've not dealt with that elephant. God created you to be when you have an inferior thought guiding your Prior to the passing of the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments to the Constitution, the government defined Africans as slaves as property, property, people with no rights, to be respected by any white anywhere. The Supreme Court of the government, same court, granddaddy court of the one that stole the 2000 election, Supreme Court said in its Dred Scott decision in the 1850s, no African anywhere in this country has any rights that any white person has to respect at any place, anytime. That was the government's official position, backed up by the Supreme Court, that's the judiciary, backed up by the executive branch, that's the president, backed up by the legislative branch, and enforced by the military of the government. It's like I woke up this morning, and realized we are legally enslaved. I'm not talking spiritual slavery. I'm not talking cultural slavery. I'm not talking slavery of the mind. I'm not talking slavery of the attitude. I'm not talking slavery of what we won't do. I'm talking about even if you want to do it, you can't. Because the law Broadcasting whole, whole, great, great, black, black. Talk by matters. Alternative activists. Empowerment. Talk And now to our common ground with Janice Graham. Mother's Day special. Thank you for being with us. Our African mothers, stories of fear, pain, and victory. And this is how it goes at Our Common Ground for the 
night as we move into Mother's Day. We try to make it a little bit different because Hallmark wants us to lift up some delusional, happy, positive, white face of motherhood in America. And we know that that's not so. How do we know that? Because we have a national organization that is called Black Mothers Against Police Brutality, a whole national organization that started out in Texas. That's how we know. So for our common ground in saluting Mama, and we're, we want you to go tweet, we want you to email, bring your mother to radio tonight at Our Common Ground because we're going to be talking about as many facets of motherhood in our community that we know. We also invite you to bring your mother to radio by calling 347-838-9852. I hope you brought your mother and the both of you from her house and your house can call in and talk to each other. All you have to do is tell me what to do. I'm Janice Graham, and this is Our Common Ground, and I am so elated to have you with us because you make what our common ground is, not me. I'm just pushing buttons. I'm just reading everything that's not tacked down uh, so that I can inform what is important to you when you haven't bothered. Our common ground is a sanctuary where we acknowledge that there is a black truth We've been doing this for 32 years. We had stopped doing our Mother's Day special. Um, And I thought to myself a couple of days ago, why did we stop doing that? Uh, Primarily because Patrice and and Olivia used to put it together and we would have uh, a lot of things going on. So we're going to try to reinstitute, (coughs) excuse me, I have another respiratory thing going on, so I'll be coughing a lot. But we're going to try to reinstitute this, and we do appreciate uh, those of you who are with us. If you are listening on your phone and you want to join us in our chat room, there are chatters available to talk to each of you, Alpha, for instance, of the Alpha Show at TruthWorks Network, has just posted Happy Mother's Day to each and every one of you with this big red heart bumping up and down. And we thank him for that. So if you'd like to join us, you can do so by coming to this address, our common ground. This is our address for our chat room. It's www.blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. We try to make it easy for you. It's just blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. And uh, India Declare of the I Declare show has just posted in our chat room. A big thank you to Alpho and wishing all of us mamas – 
uh, a beautiful, happy Mother's Day uh, for tomorrow. Um, many of you have plans. You can call in at 347-838-9852 and talk about your plans. Many of you have um, mothers who are ancestors now, and if you'd like to call us at 347-838-9852, you are certainly welcome to talk about your mother. I'm going to be talking about my mother. I'm also going to be talking about my motherhood because uh, you don't get to celebrate this day unless you have one. We hope that we can talk about mother in the context of their fortune, their fate, and our history. There are all kinds of mothers. Um, there are substitute mothers. There are grandmothers who had to sit in as the mother. Um we invite you to call in to talk about um, your daughters as mothers um, because I think that many times, I know it's my experience that I see my motherhood as my daughter mothers to her three children. Um, I can clearly see that she picked up some places she reinvented, some places she revised. But I see myself in her own mothering. Our number is 347-838-9852. And please, during the, the the time of this broadcast, join us on Facebook at Our Common Ground Talk and on Twitter at Janice OCG. Uh, we need your support if we're going to continue this broadcast in the future, one of the things that we want to do, we would like to be able to pay our hosts on on TruthWorks Network and at least cover the expenses of this broadcast. And we're going to talk more about that in the fall. I'm Janice Graham, and I do send out a very, very hearty um, celebration of Mother's Day. But there are some mothers who have gone the unnatural, and that is that they have had to bury their children. That is an unnatural thing to happen. To give you an idea about the origins of Mother's Day, I'm not a big fan of Hallmark being able to capitalize on every uh, chance that we pause to celebrate. But for weeks, florists, chain restaurants, and greeting card purveyors have been inviting us to celebrate the occasion by buying things to honor our biological, uh, adopted, in-law, spiritual, or any other people we call mothers. And those who profit financially from Mother's Day remind us to celebrate maternity and femininity, often depicted as a nurturing and caring white mother who put her life on hold to raise her babies. But day after day, I have in my lifetime watched many mothers grieve the loss of their children to the strangleholds and bullets of police officers, and I keep coming around to the question, 
which mothers count? We'll talk about that right after this. Grasp that 60 mothers' children are in the grave. 60. Shot nine times in the head, in the back. Just egregious. And so what we're moving for is policies and procedures, changes that will protect our families. There has not been an indictment of a police officer that have shot and killed an unarmed person in Dallas since 1973. That's 41 years. So what we're dealing with is if we're not asking for accountability, we're telling our police department that it's okay to kill our children. So we have to make a change. And one of the changes that Mothers Against Police Brutality is fighting for, and it's on the table right now in, in the making, we think that every police officer in Dallas, Texas, should be drug tested. Not just drug tested when you come out of the academy, but you see, police officers see a lot of things that you and I don't see, that normal people don't see. I mean, they see, you know, brains and murder and babies and, and just carnage. They see a lot. And, and some of those officers are troubled. And they shouldn't have a gun. And they shouldn't have a badge. And they shouldn't have authority. So when those bad apples show us who they are, we must have the courage to eradicate, to remove these officers from the police force. And so that is the accountability that we're asking for locally and nationally. We started locally, now we have mothers nationally reaching out to Mothers Against Police Brutality because there is not an organization nationally that are bringing mothers together. It's one thing I remember my mother telling me many, many years ago, and it, it, and it stands true. The position of a mother is so powerful. If you are going to be born and walk on this earth, you have to come through a woman. How powerful is that? So these are our babies. These are our children. And so we can't turn a blind eye. We can't say it's never happened to me or it would never happen to me because I was in that category of this could never happen to me. And believe me, if it could happen to me, it can happen to you.
was Nicola Charlton of the, the national president and founder of Mothers Against Police Brutality. And tonight, as we start out in this program, saluting our African mothers, fear, pain, and stories of victory. Many of us can remember the names of victims of police abuse like Michael Brown and Rakia Boyd, as well as those killed by vigilant, vigilante violence like Trayvon Martin and Jordan Davis. But it's easy for us to forget um, the names of the women in these victims' lives whose pain remains long after the media and the public moves on. So in in honor of Mother's Day this Sunday, I would like to ask you to take the time to remember those black women like N- N- Nicole Nicoletta Chardon who have lost sons, daughters, and partners to violence. Women like Samira Rice who just moved back out of a homeless shelter because she could no longer bear to live near the Cleveland Park where her 12-year-old son was shot and killed by police. Women like Dominica Stanley, who was forced to sit on the same bloodied couch her 7-year-old daughter died on, after being shot by police during a raid. There's a tenacity that rises up when you have no choice but to fight for justice in the face of senseless violence. It is the burden of these mothers, a burden they should not have to bear. And flowers and cards... They're not enough to assuage the pain these women carry. But I believe that public acknowledgement and support is an act that we can all commit on this Mother's Day, and I could not do this broadcast without calling their names. Samaria Rice, Dominica Stanley, Esau Garner, Lucia Macbeth, the mother of Jordan Davis, Sabrina Fulton, Leslie McSpadden, Latona Gunn. Those are the names of mothers who must be uplifted on this Mother's Day. And I thank you for for staying with me um, and I thank Darnell Moore, who is the editor at Mick.com, for putting together such a breathtaking exhibition of these women. So I hope it will take a time, even if you just choose just one woman, one of those women, just one, the mother of of um, Gordon Scott, the mother of Freddie Gray, 
just to lift up and acknowledge that we own and we share some of their some of their pain and while many of us out who are listening to this broadcast have not necessarily lost a child but if we are truly the village that we want to build here at our common ground indeed we have lost sons and daughters the other thing i want to ask this audience to do uh tomorrow is to think about the young woman who lost her life at the hands of secret service and federal police and her child on tomorrow i'm asking you to remember that motherhood on Mother's Day has so many faces. Our number is 347-838-9852. And I do want to send out a shout-out to my grandnephew, whose grandmother was my oldest sister, um, who received his master's degree in education um, today at Georgia State University. And to let you know that this grandmother is getting the fine threads together, and I will be at the airport long before the airplane is ready to take me to my granddaughter's graduation, where she graduates with honors uh, on the next Saturday. So next Saturday night, I won't be here. I'll be partying like it like it really matters. <laughs> next Saturday night. And um, another name that I want to raise up before we start taking calls is the name of Dr. Julia here. Dr. Julia here been one of those people in my life, an added mother. She has been my revolutionary mother as well as all of you know, Sister Mapessa. She has been my revolutionary godmother along with Dr. Lillian Gaines. So I, I, th- I think about all the people. I mean, I could really sit here and talk about all the women in my community who were my mothers. You know, the one that you talk seriously with, the one who made fun of whatever... And uh, you loved her just the same. You know the lady down the street. You know the lady two streets over. You know the lady, the clerk at the corner store. Those are the people who have touched, those are the women who have touched our lives in many, many ways. And also we should be thinking about our grandmothers. <clears throat> My, I had some very strong grandmothers. I had one grandmother who was so much fun and one grandmother who she was for serious business all the time. <laughs> Let's just say she was she was holding you to the to the fire all of the time. Our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. We're here at our common ground saluting mothers here. Um our brave, courageous mothers. But there's another aspect 
uh, that I think that we have to to look at. One of the things that um, in in preparing for this show that that I looked at was um, the idea of mothers who have been lost. I have had two wonderful mothers in my life. Most of you know the story. Uh, I can tell a little bit of it. Uh, And um, they are now ancestors. And I'm asking the question about um, how do we honor our ancestor mothers? We talked a couple of weeks ago about this whole idea of thinking black. Uh, I'm a very deeply spiritual person, and I do believe that people who love you, that they leave sparks in your life. And that is your job to keep the fire burning in that spark. Um, This year marks the third Mother's Day, where my mother is not physically here with me, the one who became at age 45 my best friend. And there really isn't uh, words to describe the pain of mother loss and the permanent void that it leaves. Mine is particularly, and I want to hear about yours, mine is particularly complex because I had two mothers. I mourn them, I grieve about them differently. I experience them differently. For those who do not know, I was um, adopted at age four and reunited with my mother, my biological mother, at age 15. And we had a very close relationship until her death three years ago. And that relationship got even deeper as I began to age and become more wise and understanding in order to embrace that relationship. There are also another kind of mother that I that I want to hear from you about. I don't I don't know how many of you have had mothers who or know of mothers who were abusive and ugly and scarred the whole notion of motherhood. There are children who end up having to live through mothers who were beasts and monsters. And how do you reconcile that kind of experience? How do you come to some understanding of what a mother should have been and wasn't? And then there are absent mothers, mothers who, for whatever reason, chose not to or could not be with their children. But you knew, those of you who are out there listening, you knew you had a mother somewhere. 
Our number is 347-838-9852 if you'd like to do a tribute or or do some mother talk, talk about your mother. But another kind of mother, too, is the mother who is abandoned by, by adult children and estrangement. For, for whatever reasons. Today, on my Facebook page, you probably noticed if you follow me on uh, my personal first Facebook page, or if you um, are a subscriber to our Our Common Ground Facebook page, you probably received a posting about those mothers for whatever reason. Um, for reasons that sometimes they don't understand, can't talk about, have no friends, and they're left alone in pain. They are mothers too. I remember when I was very young, I was very young when I started my professional uh, corporate career, and um, I had 120, I worked in manufacturing uh, in my second job, professional job, preparing for uh, progression in, in my career. I was a manufacturing manager, 125 women reported to me. They all did something on a manufacturing floor, whether it was packing the product in the boxes or putting the product together from all these different plastic and metal pieces. It was the most challenging job considering my long span career that I had ever had. All of those women were mothers. Most of them were an average about 25 years older than me. They all tried to be my mother, but I had to be their manager and boss. But there were a few who outside um, the border kind of was my work mother's. Um, they would, um, I remember one who was very tall and she was very funny. She was a, she was a comedian on the, the power, on the power, um, screwdriver line. (laughs) And, And she would remind me. She would say, your hair looks like you didn't comb it. <laughs> but these women recognized that I was uh, in a job that was quite stressful. I mean, they would cook stuff and bring me stuff. And so I wouldn't have to eat Oreo cookies and drink milk for dinner. Um and there are some people who are just naturally the mothering kind, not the smothering kind, but the mothering kind. And then there are some women who never quite get it right, but they try so hard. But when we talk about 
mothers in our community. Um, we have to look at a lot of different things. You know, like we 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 think about a, a, uh, the Operation Ghetto Storm, the 2013 report by the Malcolm X Grassroots Movement. 313 black people killed by police, security guards, and vigilantes in 2012. If you look at Mapping Police Violence, a uh, web-based project that we talked about some weeks ago that began in the aftermath of Michael Michael Brown's death at the hands of Ferguson police, um, they tracked at least this map tracked at least 304 black people who were killed by police in 2014. And 2015 showed no let-up of police brutality. And we have just lived with the last two weeks uh, watching as our sons and daughters hit the street, hit the street, um, testing and resisting oppression. So every single one of the hundreds of victims in that report and on that map and the more than 400 people who have died at the hands of police officers since May 5th, as of May 5th, I'm sorry, had a mother. Uh, let's, Let's take Dorothy Elliott, whose son Archie was killed by police officers in Prince George County 21 years ago. At a December 2014 rally of mothers in D.C., whose unarmed sons were killed by police, Dorothy Elliott was unsparing in communicating the grief she deals with on a daily basis. The pain is still there. These are the mothers that we need to acknowledge, as I said earlier. Our number is 347-838. 9852, we're at the bottom of the hour in our first page. You know I call these things pages. The first hour is page one, First, the second hour is page two. And uh, we want to hear from you about your mother. Let me um, give you some idea about what black moms <clears throat> do um to get us through the day one of the reasons that I'm I keep focusing on the mothers who have had children murdered by police is because these are people who have become Courageous. These are the women who are forced 
to ignore their grief sometimes and exert that energy into addressing what happened to their children. So who was your mommy? When I was growing up in the 50s and 60s in West Palm Beach, Florida, everybody knew my mommy because my mommy was a fifth grade teacher. (laughs) And then she became the principal of the only black elementary school. Yes, I was her student in the fifth grade. And it took me a lot of practice for three days before school started in the fifth grade to make sure that I wasn't calling her mommy. I wasn't responding her in the classroom calling her mommy. But we lost her. And she was so very brave um, as she suffered from cancer. And her courage came in the sense that she did not want extraordinary measures of any kind. And that included... Um, she refused a second round of chemotherapy. I often wondered about that, but that was the nature of her character. And I often wonder if any of us think about who are we as mothers? Do we give our best? Do we think through who we want to be? Now, For those mothers who are now ancestors, for us, a mother's loss has some very unique challenges. Bell Hooks classifies it as our white supremacist, capitalist, and patriarchal society. Black daughters who experience mother loss are confronted with having to navigate a complex and hostile terrain without mama's road map. What was your mother's road map? I had one mother whose road map was clearly education and another mother's whose road map was clearly navigating through the lessons of the Bible. Huh. I had one mother who against all odds as a black woman before 1930 graduated with a master's degree in education from the Teachers College at Columbia University. And I had another mother who was so smart and so full of desire to learn, desire to acquire more information, who didn't make it past the eighth grade. That's who our mothers are. But they give us a roadmap. And one of the roadmaps that both of those mothers gave to me was history. That is why I constantly 
hammer on this microphone, history matters. Because if you put together black people's fortune, their fate, strong roots of a tree. I'm Janice Graham. This is Our Common Ground. And we'll take your calls at 347-838-9852 to talk about your mother. We hope that you will. What are you prepared to do? How much are you prepared to be involved? Because you see, it doesn't matter how much money you make or how big your house is. If your son or daughter runs into that policeman that I told you that shouldn't have a gun and a badge late at night and the situation is right, you will be burying your child. And that is why we fight for policies and procedures to be changed, because that is what we need. We need policies and procedures that are going to protect our families, and again, starting with drug testing, to make sure that we are getting the finest. When I was young, me and my mama had beef, 17 years old, kicked out on the street. Though back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face. Ain't a woman alive that could take my mama's place. Spending from school, scared to go home. I was the fool with the big boys breaking all the rules. Said tears with my baby sister. Over the years, we was poor and another little kid. And even though we had different daddies, the same drama when things went wrong, we blamed mama. I reminisce on the stress I caused. It was hell, hugging on my mama from a jail cell. And who's thinking elementary? Hey, I see the penitentiary. One day, running from the police. That's right. Mama catch me for the book. You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. I finally understand for a woman it ain't easy trying to raise a man. This is TruthWorks Network, the Black Voice Collaborative, where the truth is spoken more than once. Thank you so much for your support and joining us tonight. I'm all about that. Obama says we're not going to have boots on the ground, but now you got over a thousand soldiers. You know why there's going to be more? Because they're going to start killing some of those that we've already pulled there now. Because if you can't get 30,000 Shiites to stand their ground and they're fully armed, just a thousand Sunnis, and they drop their weapons, drop their uniforms. Drop the draws and run. What have you got? Because you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass. The Alpha Show. The Alpha Show. Fridays, 10 p.m. Just damn. Advanced political pushback. Talk radio on TruthWorks Network. Three Fridays, he's all about politics. 10 p.m. TruthWorks Network. <laughs> India Declare. Real, raw, and right now.
time to get our real, raw, and right now on the I Declare Show. Returning May 5th on Blog Talk Radio, Tuesday, 9 p.m. with India Declare. If it's real, raw, right now, talk media, come on, baby, say it with me. It can only be the I Declare Show. The I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio. The I Declare Show is where we deal with the difficult, real, raw, right now. If you're willing to accept our freedom, then you have to be willing to accept what comes with it. What's happening here is bigger than you. This is about every black man who cannot get justice. You have to change. You take their drugs, you sleep with their women, and then they put you in their pain. You need to represent. You need to be the voice for people who do not have a voice. Broadcasting bold, free, and black. This is our common ground. Uh, now the, the whites in Georgia fight Negroes with a smile, whereas they used to fight them with a growl. But they're still being bitten, and we don't think that it is, that it is any worse to be bitten with a smile than just to be bitten with a growl. Thank you for being with us here at Our Common Ground. Our number for your salute for your mother is at 347-838-9852. This is Bring Your Mother to Radio Night. I'm Janice Graham. Our African mother's stories of fear, pain, and victory. And we hope that you will join us in this discussion. Uh, Mother's Day can be pretty painful, grief-ridden, and triggering experience for daughters. And um, I know that my dear lifetime love, Olivia Bailey Simmons, who was the first producer of Our Common Ground when we were on terrestrial radio, um, passed in November of last year. Her wonderful daughters, her twin daughters, Tanya and Sonia, and her youngest daughter, Kimberly, will be painfully looking at the death of their mother tomorrow, triggering experiences from her loss for the first time on Mother's Day. Having experienced the loss of my own mother, I have found it very difficult to live without her as a woman. Um, And in my first Mother's Day without my mother, I had to redefine my experience about Mother's Day. And I redefined them in a very interesting but and but not unique way and that is that i 
desperately made myself remember her voice, remember her laughter, remember her smell. As a matter of fact, that one of the things that I wanted, there were two things that I wanted after my mother died. Um, <clears throat> one was her bathrobe. Other was her unfinished bottle of red, which was her favorite perfume. I could remember her touch. I wanted to remember her hugs. I wanted to remember her her favorite things and to recall her wisdom and her guidance and to call out her name. And if you are listening and you are finding it difficult to pass through this Mother's Day, I really recommend those steps, those things. In the words of poet Naive Ira Wahid, quote, fall apart, please, just fall apart. Open your mouth and hurt. Hurt the size of everything that it is. And I say to my nieces as they go through this first day of not having their mother for Mother's Day, and they used to do some very interesting Mother's Day celebrations, and to anyone, if this is your first Mother's Day without your mother, give your per- yourself permission to feel Whatever feelings come up for you, if it is grief, let it overtake you. If it is joy, let it overtake you. And you have to be in the present moment. It is something that you cannot escape because a mother is just so very important. Our number is 347-838-9852. And... Um, We invite you to call in and talk about your mother. I heard Alpha on his show last night talking about his mother um, in a very, very um, profound way. For some reason... Black mothers command respect. It's just one of the many reasons that I have always been happy with my life as a black woman. Depending on my mood, I can change my hairstyle from curly to straight and back again. I can tell someone to back up off me with just a glance. It takes a heap of embarrassment to make my face flush, but most important... Because I'm a mother, I simply know how. And because they were my mothers, I simply know how. That doesn't mean I'm beyond reproach. It only means that I trust myself. And that is a special kind of lesson that black children are taught by black mothers because of our fortune, fate, history, and culture. Can you imagine having been um, the mother of, uh, as a, a mother who was a slave? Can you imagine that? You had no control. 
but you still had to teach lessons, and you had to teach them in the dark, and you had to teach them as secrets. That's what black mothers have always done. I mean, one of the things that we laugh about is that we're always told, make sure that when you leave the house, you have on fresh underwear because you might get hit by a car. And nobody wants to have to be talking about you didn't have on fresh, clean underwear. That was a black thing. <laughs> did you know that was a black thing? <laughs> if you are black and you did not know that, call me at 347-838-9852, and we need to talk about that. Um, so I just think that we need to be able to recount Um, what we learned from our black mothers that were unique to our own history and culture. And commanding respect was one of those things. I know now, as Mama might have said, to make a dollar out of 15 cents. I knew that my daughter didn't need Mandarin lessons to succeed in life. So I'm not thrown when they are rejected from some educational program, nor do I lead them, my children, my grandchildren, to believe that they need anything external to prove their worth. That was a black man. I knew as a mother that I didn't have to be a baby whisperer, a toddler whisperer, anything other than my natural self to understand my child's need. And I usually know how to keep it together, and that is because I had two black mothers. And each one of them individually would have taught me those lessons without each other. Now, this is one lesson that we learned from our mothers that we all know we know. We learned from our grandmothers, our aunts, who were also mothers and who also had to substitute for our mothers from time to time. This is a real good lesson. I know how to go someplace and sit down. <laughs> You know your mother told you on many occasions, go someplace and sit down. <laughs> My grandchildren think that <clears throat> it's hilarious when I pull that one out of the bag. I'm still waiting for some calls here, 347-838-9852, if you want to talk about your mother. I don't know how you can listen to – you need to bring your mother to radio. You really need to bring your mother uh, to radio. What does your mother think about this whole Black Lives Matter? What has she said about what 
occurred in Baltimore. I think mothers have both, I think all mothers, I know as a mother I do, I have four windows in this house called myself. And I can look out each one of those windows and see something different. And I know that there are some people I look I look for out of one window. And there are some instances where I know that I need to go to the other window and look out of. Those are all lessons that I learned from my mother's and I will call their names Gladys Speed Peak, Edith Thompson Palmer. I I am just so um, filled in this house I call myself by their wisdom, their love. Sometimes mothers can be very confusing too. I know uh, when you when you got in trouble with Gladys Peak, she would give you maybe 15 reasons you were in trouble, but you really were only in trouble for one thing. And then she'd go through the list of 15 things, and then that's when the hand went up, and she would say, go somewhere and sit down. And when you went somewhere and and sit down, uh, you had to think about all those 15 things. But when it came down to what the punish, the discussion about what the punishment should be, even though you had no weight in it, she wanted to know, Gladys Peak wanted to know what you thought. And she was also a teacher like that, and I love that about her. Our number three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. If you'd like to get in on this discussion, um, I'd also like to get your notion about what it must be like to face Mother's Day in a time of state-sanctioned violence against Black bodies. Um, my friend, Doctor. Um, woo. Um, I've been calling him Mark Anthony Neal. Um, <clears throat> uh, published a piece by Lisa Thompson on his blog page, New Black Men in Exile, um, where Lisa talks about, Lisa Thompson uh, talks about who is a professor of African-American studies, she talks about approaching Mother's Day with sadness and trepidation because it would be the first one since her mother passed away last summer. Um, And I know how she feels. You know, uh, you get all of these gift offers and sales and inbox. Uh, advertisements for Mother's Day gifts. 
and it 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 really intensifies the feelings of despair when you when you your mother is an ancestor rather than having her physically and she said that she was reminded through the daily news of the sense of devastation and loss experienced by black mothers who are facing this holiday with a narrative the places their experience outside the natural order. This year, the mother of Walter Scott, Freddie Gray, Eric Garner, Tamir Rice, and Mike Brown will face their first Mother's Day celebrations without their children. And, you know, we've already Amadou Diallo, Sean Bell, Trayvon Martin... Ayana Stanley Jones, uh, Rikia Boyd, all of their mothers will face Mother's Day without their children. And the list of grieving black mothers as long as the history of this country, and many of their children's names are unfamiliar to uh, in the public. And those mothers who try against all odds to seek justice with public cries for justice, those those cries, as, as I was discussing earlier in the program, those cries, cries of sadness. Um, I can't imagine, I don't even want to imagine the notion of having to face the loss of a child. It is very unnatural. You know, I think about Sabrina Fulton. One of the things I do want to mention to you, and uh, we'll take your calls as they come in at three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. But one of the things I did want to mention to you is that I have had an opportunity to interview Sabrina Fulton. I have had an opportunity to interview a number over the last year and a half, a number of the mothers or parents of men and women who have been killed by police violence and tragedy. And I haven't done it. For It just seems to me that this unnatural order, mothers and fathers losing a child, is much too painful to ask them to talk to a stranger about. I don't know how you feel about that, but uh, I had a a conference of uh, people that I trust uh, last year, and we were talking about some of these interviews that that, that I had the opportunity to do, and I mentioned that I really did not want to... I would feel that I was exploiting them. I don't know how you feel about that as an audience. Um, I know that when 
Gladys Peak, my adopted mother, which I never used that I never used that 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 language before. I don't like that language. Um, I, I would say uh, my second mother, uh, my non-biological mother, my second mother, when she was very sick and the doctors told me that she was going to die, that the disease would take over and she would die. I said to uh in a in a in a very intimate moment to my best friend I don't know if I can bear this and he said she has given you 38 years preparing you to do whatever you need to do, to be whoever you need to be to bear this. I could not have had that conversation around my own child. Most of you know I only have one. And, man, is she one hell of a mother. This this girl is one hell of a mother. Um. Mothers who look, my, my, I would say my daughter is a construction specialist as a mother. She is getting her children ready for the responsibilities and the tasks ahead of them. You can see it in everything she does. A number is 347838. Nine eight five two, and one of the things that 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 I mentioned earlier was one of the ways in which you can see your own motherhood is in the lives of your child, your children, as they daughters, as they. It's a glorious thing. It's a real glorious thing. Um, and. I really encourage all of you to to take a take a look at your daughters and look at and you will be and and you should be seeing yourselves children grow up in the spirit and the path of their parents and one of the things that her father and I previous to his death talk about a lot um was the idea of just what a wonderful person she is and a wonderful mom, and that is all as a mother or a father that we can ask for. I, I want to move on, if you would. Uh, the, our number is 347-838-9852. I want to move on um, to... Another area of motherhood that I felt was important. I don't know if you know any women who have been abandoned by their children or estranged by their children, 
But I'm asking you to remember estranged mothers on Mother's Day as well. These mothers deserve our support and understanding, especially on Mother's Day. Um, Often a rejected mother or parent has done nothing to warrant an adult child's rejection. It just happens. It is, you know, like I hate on the Mother's Day specialist say shit, but I'm going to say it. Shit happens. Sometimes a parent who grows tired of drama and turmoil being created by their adult children may even initiate cutting ties. But if you're out there and you're estranged from your adult children, you certainly have loads and loads of help. I get it. I don't know how I got it. I think maybe one time I might have gone on this website because I was thinking about doing a, a, a show about it. But I get this email from this guy um, who is a specialist, and uh, John Coleman, something Coleman, Dr. Coleman. He specializes in supporting parents who are estranged from their children. And I read his story. Yeah, yeah. His name is Coleman. I read his story. I think I was trying, I was thinking about doing a show about it. But anyway, um, he was estranged. He was a psychologist. He was estranged from his daughter for more than 10 years. She wouldn't speak to him, but blah, 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 blah. And it ended up that he hadn't done anything. It ended up that she had, uh, like, created this whole notion about who he was, and it had to do with a borderline personality disorder, some old nonsense, but you know how they go through those things. But if you're listening and you are uh, looking for answers and insight, I found this uh, website on yesterday. It's called rejectedparents.net. And I think that if you are estranged, you need support as a mother. And there, and I went on the website. They have forums where all of these women are talking about uh, the circumstances and the pain under which they are estranged from their children. And um, I thought I might bring this up. Um, on tonight's program because it's important. The The website is rejectedparents.net. This other guy is Dr. John Coleman. And um, if you do a Google search on estranged parents, uh, estranged children, uh, you will probably find him. He probably has a lot more um, sophisticated, but one of the things I noted, and I think as as I think about it and I'm recalling correctly, I think one of the reasons that stopped me from doing that program was because he was charging people on um, on his website for these seminars he were, he was doing. But the seminars all sounded very, very uh, interesting. 
This is our common ground, and our number is 347-838-9852. We're asking you to bring your mother to radio tonight, and we'll be right back. This is Janice Graham, and you're listening to Our Common Ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Broadcasting great, bold, and black. And we're back. We didn't go anywhere. I just drank some water. We're going to go to our phones. This is the Mother's Day special at Our Common Ground, saluting our moms. We're bringing our moms to radio Pain, stories of pain, stories of fear. I know my parents, I I think a lot of times my mother was angry with me because it was mostly fear. Like that mother, Toya Graham, who was beating the heck out of her son, dragging him out of the protests, making him drop his brick in Baltimore last week. I think she's got some other problems, but I think it was mostly out of fear. Fear of going to jail. Fear of being shot. That's what black mothers have to face. 773, you're on the air. The button will work, and I respect you. 773. Well, good evening, Janice. Hey, Alpha. I want to wish you and every mother within listening distance a very happy Mother's Day. It's one of the days of the year that you laugh. It's one of the days of the years that you last all year long. It's not just enough to pay us special attention on a special day. For mothers, there is no substitute. And this should be a day that is celebrated year round. I think you're I, I think you're I think you're right, and I think many of us um, try to do that. Some of us don't. Let well, me ask you something, Alpha, and then I'll let you move on because I know you call with a with a purpose. This is a call with a purpose. Um, do you think that we make that we allow too much of the capitalism and the commercialism? to get in the way of really being serious about honoring our mothers on this special day? I don't think it's so much that we've let it. We've been indoctrinated with it, just as we've done with Christmas, just as we've done with all of the other so-called Caucasian holidays. When you get into the weeds of all of this, this is about the ability to sway perception. And they've made Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas, Black Fridays, Easter. I mean, think about it. Think about the how the mindset turns on each and every one of these uh holidays or or days of celebration. Where we've been if you've been around long enough in this country, you've simply been indoctrinated. When it comes down to Mother's Day, just let me say this. My mother was a single black parent. 
we went from adverse poverty to lightweight poverty to uh, social status to a, a, a house and middle class status. Mother was a work in progress and constantly improving as a child, not never wanting for anything. My brother and I were, I would say, not, we were carefully taught. And we were taught either you do it or there are consequences. Mama didn't tell you no mess. It's that simple. Four foot 11, okay, she's raising two boys, and that's the bottom line. Mama said don't do this. Mama said don't do that. We did it anyway. Mama, we lived on 35th Street, not 35th, 39th Street, and we used to sneak when Mama would go to work, and uh, we would sneak to the 35th Street Beach here in Chicago. Mama told us never to go to the beach without an adult. Well, we went to the beach with several of our friends, and we used to, it was just a nice little stone throw, and we'd walk up and down the beach line, and we do all the things that mama said don't do, even though we knew that if we got caught, that meant a raw butt, okay? But um, mama still a work ethic, and each of us that still uh, permeates. You work, you get up every day, you go to work, you fend for yourself, you take care of yourself. If you have children, you take care of your children. And by me growing up with my brother and my mother, never knowing my father, mama was everything. And she fulfilled the role and played the part just as well. My mother is an ancestor, and I miss her dearly. But all the people in my life, she was my hero, period. That's a beautiful, beautiful tribute because I think that sometimes when we don't acknowledge how we were made, the hands that that formed us, you know, the... Um, the things that guide our lives for years and years and years. You know, um, that make us who we are. And we have to acknowledge that. What was your mother's name? Marion Alford. Just Marion Alford. She had... She had no middle name. One thing about mom, she was not a very religious person. I would say not at all. And that's one of the things that stuck with me throughout my life. But every Easter, she would make sure we got off to church. <laughs> and, I, and I never understood that, but, but I, I took my, put on my little suit that she had just bought her, and we went on to church, you know. In my uh-huh. seventh, in seventh grade, in grade school, in seventh grade, she moved us from public school to a Catholic school. 
for one year. And while I was in seventh grade, that was the best. Uh, that was the best school year of my life. I was in a Catholic school. It was one of those one room for every grade. Every grade had one room, one classroom. That's how small this Catholic school was. But it was one of the. It was the best year of uh, school at any level. And um, I had religious classes, et cetera, et cetera. And I used to sit up and watch the nuns, um, listen to the nuns, because they would teach religion and tell you stories about the uh, Bible. And um, while they were telling stories, I would be sitting there humming the um, the uh, little jingle, powwow the Indian boy jingle in my head. And I don't know how many people are familiar with that uh, tune, but um, it, um, it, it that's the only thing that would resonate because the stories were captivating, they were fascinating, they held my attention. And when it was all said and done, I still didn't believe <laughs> But they were, they were helpful and very fascinating. So when we were forced to go to church. Attending the Catholic school and not being Catholic, we were forced to go to church. And Mama used to she would go in that she would go to the afternoon mass. And the one thing about mass in Catholic schools, it only, only lasts an hour. And my favorite words was go the mass is ended and I'm out of there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but I mean just I mean we used to cut church, okay? In seventh grade, I was cutting church. And knowing if mama found out, woo, woo. But um, at 4.11, mama didn't take no mess. Mama can look at you from across the room. And you straighten up and fly right. <laughs> well, certainly um, she she laid the foundation how many years you drove that truck? Uh, that truck I drove for over 27 years, just over 27 years. And uh, prior to that, I'll tell you, I was slung burgers. After eighth grade, I was working. I mean, just not because I had to, because I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I worked mm-hmm. from eighth grade all the way through what, 2006, so we're talking basically 67, 66 through uh, 2006. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because Marion Alford, as you just said, instilled a work ethic that you never lost. Never lost it until uh, I retired. Or <laughs> now you can't get me to get up and leave the house to to go to nobody's job. <laughs> let me, let me ask you something, uh, Alpha, about your wife, ex-wife, and friend and mother of your children. Did you see your mother in that woman? No. Oh. No. 
as a matter of fact, um, I saw my ex-wife um, this morning on Skype. She was she was at she was at my son, my oldest son's house, and she's there I guess for the weekend. But um, she grew up in a much larger family with more lax rules, with parents who were good parents, very good parents, but they had a different philosophy of raising children. And the mesh between the two of us basically created, you know, our offspring and they was basically so far so good as far as how they've turned out. They didn't didn't want to hang around me because I was a disciplinarian and they wanted to hang around down to her parents' home because they could basically get away with any and everything. So Mm -hmm. it was a kind of mix. But all of my children, I was at least able to instill a work ethic in and they they carried that. They carried that on along, you know, with their mother. I still have a very... I have a great relationship with my ex-wife. Uh, I call her the troublemaker because uh, she's always trying to stick up for the grandkids that I ride relentlessly, <laughs> especially the fellas, you know, the young men mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who I who I try to pass along some of now some knowledge to, and um, they just seem to be off on another planet. Mm-hmm. Well, these young black men, they seem to be coming around and understanding what I've been trying to instill in them. But uh, one thing you can count on is if when they get in trouble, I'm the first person they call. So I keep telling them, get them some business, quit calling. <laughs> quit calling me. If you didn't listen to what I tried to teach you before, you can't uh, you can't have it both ways now. Mhm, mhm. But I it, it's, it's it's great fun. I've got twelve grandchildren, and I'm about to have twelve great grandchildren. They just keep multiplying. You know, I have to right. sigh on all of that. <laughs> I can't. I I I can't even begin to phantom. Um. You know, um, my um, grandson, number one, who is 13, is beginning to become a leader in the family. I think he depended on his big sister to think about things like making cards for Mother's Day and making breakfast for Mother's Day. And... um, Um, he called the other day and said, I have to plan something for me and my brother for my mother for Mother's Day. And I was thinking about, (laughs) this is what he said, I was thinking about making her breakfast except for she's dining. And I had to remind him that eggs and bacon were part of her diet so he could make eggs and bacon, but one of the things that occurred to me 
is that the notion of how we ch- how we teach our children as mothers and as parents to be thoughtful to be mindful um and he said and i i have 26 dollars and i want to buy her a gift i said well what's your budget for the gift he said i guess i could spend the whole 26 dollars i said no you don't spend the whole 26 dollars you think about you got to have some money left when the holiday is over so i mean and and those are the kinds of things that mothers do with with purpose with purple purposefulness, but you can't really put your finger on it. And, and that's how, yeah, and that's how we that's how we build. I mean, you probably can't think of one instance where your mother taught you a lesson, but now at your age you can recall all the lessons that she taught. Well, well, you're right. You're absolutely right. But there's one thing about mothers. I can never, I could never think of Christmases, birthdays, Mother's Day. You know, Mother's Days are easier. But for birthdays and Christmases, I can mm-hmm. never think of anything to get her because mm-hmm. she always has everything. Mm-hmm. But, one, you know, one of the things that um, I really regret, Alpha, um about my mother over the last 10 years is that you never you never think that she's not going to be around that that's one of the magical things about loving your mother you just don't think about that but i wished that the mother's day days that we didn't go to florida that instead we sent gifts and flowers uh, and chocolate strawberries that I had gone, or the or the Christmas that we said, no, nah, we're not going to Florida this year. That we should have, that I should have gone, because that would have been something that she treasured more than the flowers and the gifts. But You're right. you know. Um, my mother was a soldier, even in in her 70s and 80s, and she was 85 when she died. My mother was a soldier. She would come to Boston from West Palm Beach, Florida, in the winter. You know, so... You had to get a soldier to do that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, she, she really was a, a, a soldier. She would... I, I was looking at pictures last night of the last Christmas that she came to Boston, which was like three years, about two years before she died. And, um, you know, and, and, and I think that as we move into moral celebrations, that we really have to, as you always say, Alpha, drill down think of what we mean when we say we treasure our mothers. What are we talking about? You know, it's just like I've been talking on this program for for over a year now. We got to stop saying they. 
we got to be very specific about it. Um, well, what we do, and and this oh, I, you know, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, um, and I really am grateful and like that you raised up, acknowledged Marion Alford tonight, and thank you for sharing that with us. But this whole notion that mothers raise their daughters and pamper their sons. What's your take on that? Um, Mothers will always pamper sons. Just like women, girls will always be daddy's little girl. It's not the same. It never will be the same. The one thing that the most taken-for-granted person in the world is mothers. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Think about it. That is the most taken for granted person in the world is your mother because, A, she's been so reliable over the years that she's always been there. She's always taking care of you in times of sickness and hunger. She's always, you've always been the top priority for your mother. And that's, you know, it, I, mine was no different. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. mothers, mothers have always are the are the persons that are taken for granted the most, and to our to our loss because it is our loss. I've come to understand that being a mother or being any parent, the children will take you for granted until they get a certain age. And they begin to realize, and yeah. they, and as a parent, will see the same thing. They will mm-hmm. see the same thing happening to them. My mother used to get us back with one cliche after another, and one of the cliches I always remember: when we would act up or we wouldn't be act, we would we would we're being not disobedient, but either selfish or or whatever it was, she would say, I hope you grow up and have children that are just like you. <laughs> and, it, and, sure, and sure enough, she knew that all that is true for every parent and every child because mothers being the first teachers, and that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. grow up. You grow up, and you mimic the, their behavior. Period. Their personality is and, and, and is pressed upon your uh, your character. Let me put it like right. that. Yeah. Well, Alpha, I want to thank you for for sharing, and for those of you who would like to join us in this discussion about your mother or the notion of motherhood or what you do on Mother's Day. Um, You you know, Alpha, I I remember one, um, I, I, I think that we don't have a real good handle. I know that I don't have a real good handle on the historical con construct of my my mother 
are either of my mothers. Um, I I do remember my mother becoming very political. My biological mother becoming very political after everything was about the Bible and everything was about the church and everything was about being a Christian and everything was about Jesus Christ. Uh, about uh, I would say about seven years ago really reaching out to get an understanding about the civics of our nation, about the political landscape and the political characters and and the process. And you know how all that started? Because there was a possibility that a black man was going to be elected the president of the United States. And my mother's diary... Um, I think I, I I told I, I discussed this on the on the air before. Every <clears throat> New Year's, I gave my mother a journal book, and it was because you know you go to her house and she's got a thousand little notes on a thousand little different uh, pieces of paper, and all her doctor's appointments and and she's writing it in the in the in the in the recorder in her checkbook. So I started giving her these journals where she'd just write down her notes and, you know, I didn't realize that she was actually journaling. Now, my mother dropped out of high school in the eighth grade, but when some years later when her daughters were in high school, she went back to high school, got her high school diploma, went to junior college, got an associate's degree, and decided that she would take a lifetime of being a domestic, cooking and cleaning in other people's houses, that she was going to start a career in the black insurance business. She was going to sell insurance. So... um I could see all of the you know I could see her in the historical context um in in some ways but in other ways I couldn't and I think that a lot of us don't think about we think our mothers are all the same the whole time <laughs> you know right, right. always going to be take, the same we take it for granted right yeah we do so um I I I really think that we need to think more about these mothers who suffer uh and put aside their grief because of police terrorism and the political challenges and call uh for justice. Um I think we need to think about them deeply, but I also think that we need to think about our own mothers deeply. Uh, about who they are as opposed to uh, how they are delusions. I think we need to to listen. For those of you who have mothers and you think that they're older, to listen. Um, I look at my uh, goddaughter, whose mother is now in her second year of Alzheimer's, Dr. Kimberly Ellis. Ask a sister. Hashmark, hashtag Dr. Goddess. And I talk to her often about how her mother's doing and what's going on. But one of the things I really appreciate 
is that this young woman has listened deeply to my friend Frida Ellis. Um, and and she can pretty much, and I think I can do the same thing. I don't know about you, Alpha. If somebody asked me a question and 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 ask me to answer it the way my mother would answer it. I think I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I have I no think problem I can do that. <laughs> yeah. And I have and, and no sometimes I look at myself and I have in, in examining what I am doing, who I have become, I can then call on the ancestor, the two mothers who are ancestors, and have them examine what I am doing because I listened deeply. Alpha, thank you so very much. We're going to take a break. Um, and this Thanks for is, having me, guys. Thank you for your call. Alpha of the Alpha Show, which is held, heard on TruthWorks Network, on Friday nights at 10 p.m., it's all about politics, advanced, urban, progressive, political talk. 10 p.m. Uh, on TruthWorks Network. Um, we thank him for his call in our chat room. Let's see what's going on in our chat room. Uh, thank you, uh, Indy Declare of the I Declare Show, heard on Blog Talk Radio on Tuesdays at 9 p.m., she says that, that was a beautiful conversation. Well, I don't get to have very many beautiful conversations with the Alpha. <laughs> so I'm I'm really pleased that I was able to have a beautiful conversation with Alpha about his mother, who we are raising up tonight, Marion Alford. I say. Our number is 347-838-9852 if you'd like to bring your mama to radio. We're going to take a little break. I'm going to drink a little water and come right on back. We'll be right back. There was a new voter suppression. So the map of shame is a map that was developed by the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights. What are you prepared to do? How much are you prepared to be involved? Because you see, it doesn't matter how much money you make or how big your house is. If your son or daughter runs into that policeman that I told you that shouldn't have a gun and a badge late at night and the situation is right, you will be burying your child. And that is why we fight for policies and procedures to be changed, because that is what we need. We need policies and procedures that are going to protect our families, and again, starting with drug testing, to make sure that we are getting the finest. When I was young, me and my mama had beef, 17 years old, kicked out on the street. So back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face. Ain't a woman alive that could take my mama's place. Suspended from school, scared to go home. I was the fool with the big boys breaking all the rules. Said tears with my baby sister. Over the years, we was poor enough, a little kid. And even though we had different daddies, the same dreams. 
drama when things went wrong, we blame mama. I reminisce on the stress I caused. It was hell, hugging on my mama from a jail cell. And who's thinking elementary? Hey, I see the penitentiary one day. Running from the police, that's right. Mama catch me for the whoop. You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. I finally understand for a woman it ain't easy trying to raise a man. And it is not easy trying to be a mother in America and protect your children. I guess. We know. Our number is 347-838-9852. I'm Janice Graham, and you're on Our Common Ground, and we hope that you are well. We certainly send out our love and our best wishes and the best to all the mothers who are listening here at Our Common Ground tonight, Um, Alpha and... India of the Air uh, I Declare show has sent in our chat room, which you can join at www.blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. Don't forget uh, to um, take a look. I post some of the best information that you are going to get about in and out of the black community on my Facebook page, I really do. I know. Um, I read an array of blogs and news reports, uh, analysis. I'm even, I, I just got an email um, on Thursday asking me to review something on academia.edu, which is where black um, scholars post papers, and I got a request to review uh, a paper. So what I do is try to extract uh, the most meaningful uh, pieces, news reports, uh, analysis, as I can on the Facebook page for Our Common Ground, um, and each week when we broadcast, I try to make sure that I post an event and post good material that you can review or read or use having to do with the subject of the show. If you are not subscribed to our Facebook page, you will not be getting that stuff. You have to go look for it. And um, I always look at my weekly reach. And um, you know how Facebook goes. We also have our website at ourcommongroundtalk.wordpress.com, which is actually going to become Black Talk Matters uh, in a couple of weeks. We're going to try to bring everything together. Um, Our Ning site is solely for the purpose of what's happening on the broadcast coming in. 
We have our weekly publication, Scribbling Race on Our Common Ground. If you are subscribed to our Facebook page, you will get it. Um, And we have uh, our weekly magazine, Omnibus. Um, So we we do a lot of stuff on the web. It's just that, you know, the craziness. I I was doing the web before there was uh, the only, only, you remember the browser navigator? (laughs) Well, the first browser was Navigator, and it was produced by Mozilla. That was my first browser. But I was on the Internet before there were browsers. Um, interesting kind of thing. Uh, got some really bad news last a uh, couple of days ago. I used to belong for years and years and years, for maybe about 10 years, I belonged to a listserv called Afri-American... L. And it was the only place, it was like a black Facebook, it was a list serve. And it was like black Facebook. Uh, if you were an activist, a writer, or a professor, the head of programs, nonprofit, black nonprofits, everybody was on that list. And you know how that works. Somebody sends an email and then all five or six hundred other people respond to the email, and that's how lists work. So um, I had some very bad news from that that list, Um, uh, and I I said I won't go talk about it, but anyway, it's not about mothers. This is our Our Common Ground Mother's Day special. Our number is 347-838-9852. And we invite you to bring your mother to radio uh, at that number. We, it, As black people in this country, we really have to think about what black moms matter. Um, you might not know that Mother's Day started with uh, 19th century abolitionism and feminism with the white abolitionist Julia Ward Ho, calling for a Mother's Day, Mother's Peace Day in the, in the 1870s. And in the first decade of the 20th century, Anna Jarvis, another white feminist, pursued a nationally recognized Mother's Day to honor the sacrifices mothers made for their children and to counter the number of holidays that lauded men's achievements. Howes and Jarvis's efforts did not go unnoticed, and in 1914, President Woodrow Wilson officially designated the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day. And here we are, a century later, against the black drop of both a reproductive justice movement and a Black Lives Matter movement, led predominantly by women of color, not to mention the echoes of white doctors' forced sterilization of black and Puerto Rican women, Mother's Day has taken on a different significance. And I believe, in addition to offering a way to reflect on the efforts of mothers all around us, the holiday 
should also serve as an invitation to all, especially white anti-racist allies, if there are any of them left, and advocates, to bear witness to the women of color whose children have been killed at the hands of police brutality. Our number is 347-838-9852. How do you like, um, you know, it's really interesting. Um, I'm not a big, I'm a big fan of the lyrics of Tupac Shakur, but I'm not a big fan of his music. I don't know how that works. I guess some of his music, I, I, I guess even I was in the car with, my 13-year-old grandson who loves Dr. Dre, and he was playing some Dr. Dre on the on the car radio, um, iPod, blah, 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 um, and, <clears throat> and I couldn't understand a thing he was saying. He was explaining to me what the song was about, blah, blah, blah. And... But anyway, I explained to him that... I can't really understand. I I like to read the lyrics rather than to try to listen to the the music. Um, Most of you know that I am a piano, uh, a musician, uh, primarily jazz and classical piano and oboe and flute. I, I love music of all kinds, but I just I just can't seem my ear is trained differently. Uh, if you're just joining us, this is the Bring Your Mother to Radio, and you're not bringing your mother to radio. You know, one of the things I get so jealous about, now I ain't trying to hate on no other talk show hosts, but I listen to mostly talk radio. Talk news talk radio, which everything is not all talk radio is not news talk radio. I don't know what those other people are doing, but people like Dr. Wilma Leon and Norman Goldman and Tom Hartman and um, a, a few others that that I really like. So, the thing about talk radio is you have to have callers. And I am seriously thinking about closing up shop because we do not have enough callers. I can't sit here. I mean, I can talk for four hours without a caller. But that's not the point. That's not the purpose. And uh, when I come back, we will not be here next week. I have not made any arrangements. I'm not going to waste people's time um, trying to set up a show and they don't get any callers. That was my concern about inviting a guest host. So next week, There will be no Our Common Ground. We'll be back the following week, which is um, May 23rd. 
and we will be talking with Ben Hedlund about his new book, In Search of the Civil Rights Movement, and that will be good. I'm still trying to get together with uh, Dr. Ford. She's busy with graduation, um, so I think she'll probably, by the time I get back, and we can do that interview. She doesn't think she can do anything live because she can't stay awake that long. So I want to wish all of you a very, very, very happy Mother's Day. We've got three minutes, and 931 just popped up on the board. 931, very quickly, we've got only two minutes. Well, good evening, Janice. I realize you're short on time. I'd just like to take this opportunity to wish all the mothers in the sound of my voice a happy Mother's Day. and. And you have a good week off next week, next Saturday, and uh, we'll look forward to, look to talking to you the following Saturday. Well, thank All you right. so very one. much, my brother. That's that that was a wonderful call to end the show. And I know oh. who you are. I know your voice. YJ. <laughs> Bye. Absolutely. <laughs> We've been fixing this sound thing for you. Uh, thank you, YJ. Uh, Mother's Day wish from YJ, one of our loyal listeners. Thank you all so very much, and we'll see you on the 23rd. Um, and don't forget, think deeply. Listen to Mother Talk in your head. That's what I call it, Mother Talk in in, in your head. I even, 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 you know... That's what you got to do. I'm Janice Graham. This is Our Common Ground. And I'll be listening for you. Thanks for joining us. Pay your back. But my plan is to show you that I understand. You all appreciate it. Don't you know me love me? Dear mama.